0: Hello and welcome to the Lemon Tree Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Allison Sukameli. Each week I'll be taking the science of positive psychology, adding a little humor, and through evidence-based research, provide you with tools and strategies to help you live a life of peace and purpose episode we'll be talking about setting an intention instead of a new year's resolution the stages of change model aka the trans theoretical model of change core values and human strengths the values in action inventory and character strengths and how to practice active listening quick update on my online coaching programs currently the wait list is for my self-love program The current offerings are for the individual self-love program, a self-love teen group program, and a self-love group program. High school students, please select the teen group program or individual coaching. All programs run for 12 weeks, and each session is 50 minutes and will be offered on Saturday morning's Pacific Standard Time. Check your specific program for times. For more information, visit my website at thelemontreecoaching.com. Okay, let's get into it. Welcome back to TLT. Hopefully everyone's year is off to a good start. This year I wanted to start off by setting an intention instead of a New Year's resolution. I'm not sure about you, but I very rarely ever accomplish whatever I set as my New Year's resolution, especially when I was in high school or college. Not sticking to accomplishing whatever we set out to do usually comes down to poor planning and not being prepared to actually carry out our NYRs. We all think that with a little motivation and everyone assembling at the starting line on January 1st, our new goal is going to be a slam dunk success. However, as we know, by mid-January, most of us abandon our resolutions. There was even a study by researchers at Scranton University called the Resolution Solution, Longitudinal Examination of New Year's Change Attempts, in which 200 participants tried to keep their New Year's resolutions over a two-year period. And guess what? 77% maintained their pledges, but only for one week. And only 19% were successful over the course of two years. Certainly, there are plenty of excuses that can go hand in hand with why we did not maintain whatever it is that we had set out to achieve. But according to Amy Morin in her Psychology Today article, this is why most New Year's resolutions fail. Most resolution failures don't stem from a lack of willpower. They fail because people shouldn't have started them on January 1st. She goes on to say that most people probably fail because the readiness to change most likely was not aligned with the date on the calendar. According to the stages of change model, or the trans-theoretical model of change, introduced in the late 1970s by researchers James Prochaska and Carlo Di Clemente, there are five basic stages you'll pass through before creating a change in your life, things like giving up smoking or starting a new diet or exercising more. So stage one is pre-contemplation. You deny having a problem, but other people may be concerned. Stage two, contemplation, you think about the pros and cons of change. Stage three, preparation, you take steps to get ready to make a change. Stage four, action, you change your behavior. Stage five, maintenance, you figure out how to stick to your change over the long term. Recently, this model has been updated to include a sixth stage, which is relapse. Everyone makes mistakes, but the important thing is to remember that when we make mistakes, they are part of the process, and the way you address your missteps plays a big role in your ability to make a permanent change for the better. Just like with self-care, which we talked about last week, no single solution works for everyone. What you can do is ask yourself three important questions. One, do you have the resources and knowledge to make a lasting change successfully? Two, is there anything preventing you from changing? And three, what might trigger a return to a former behavior? Note that in the trans-theoretical model of change, change occurs gradually and relapse is a natural part of the process. Sometimes in the challenging earlier stages of pre-contemplation, contemplation, and preparation, people may be extremely resistant, even unwilling, to change. Eventually, however, they may become proactive and committed to the changing behavior. The bottom line, instead of launching a New Year's resolution or a new goal on January 1st, make the decision to change your habits when you are ready to dedicate yourself to your goal. This could be delaying the start by a few days, a few weeks, or a few months, which is certainly better than starting too soon and abandoning the goal altogether. Another habit to get into on a regular basis is to honestly ask yourself if your actions support the life you are trying to create. If not, release it let go of what is not serving you well. Another important point, be sure that your goals are meaningful to you and not influenced by what others are doing or saying should be important for you. It's okay to not want what everyone else wants. Trust in yourself, go your own way, and flourish. So I've already shared that I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions for a lot of reasons that we've already discussed. However, I set my intention for this year. I had already put my intention in motion a few weeks prior to the end of 2022, not because I was trying to get a head start in the new year, but because I was ready and prepared to take action for myself. When I say set an intention, what I mean by an intention is a specific aim or purpose. My intention is something I plan to do or achieve while paying attention to everything that feeds into it. Some people even set daily intentions or intentions for a specific task. When done properly, intention setting can be very powerful and serve as an ability to stay in touch with your core values, how you wish to live with purpose, and how you interact with others as you pursue your goals. So kind of the opposite of winning at all costs. Fulfilling the intention you set for yourself should not come at the cost of others. That would be missing the whole point. If someone is where you want to be in the future, whether it's married, in a career, financially secure, whatever the case may be, the best thing to do is shift your mindset and understand that it's not your time yet. But it will be in the future as long as you are willing to take the steps needed to get there. Allow your focus to always be on what you do want to create. Work on you for you. So what will you focus on this year? Are you ready to set an intention or a doomed resolution? Only you can answer these questions for yourself. Be mindful. You do not need to share what you are doing with anyone. They may create obstacles for you whether they are doing that subconsciously or not. Embody your purpose. Embody your intention. You may just notice how peaceful life becomes when you stop dealing with certain individuals or groups. As long as you know who you are and what makes you happy, it doesn't matter how others see you. Okay, so let's talk about values. Knowing our core values are a big part of being unflappable, to be calm and relaxed even in a stressful situation. Sometimes our core values are referred to as our personal values. Today we're going to take a look at another online resource connected to our values. First of all, can you name your core values? How many do you have? How many should you have? If everything is a core value, then is it really a core value? If you're not sure how to answer those questions, don't worry. You're not alone. It's a lot to think about. If you Google core values, hundreds of sources come up with hundreds upon hundreds of lists called core values, personal values, and personal core values. Each researcher's list is unique to their research and can be overwhelming. Some of the lists have five words, six words, and ranging up to 230 words all deemed to be core values. Knowing your core values helps in finding direction in life, making day-to-day decisions, and making even bigger decisions like going to college or changing careers. Core values can shine a light on your personal pathway to purpose and passion instead of being swayed by outside influences like social media or pop culture, which can be negative and steer you away from your true self. When it comes to core values, there's no one-size-fits-all approach. Everyone is different. So let's clarify core values, simplify this overwhelming task of figuring it out, and find out who you are and what you value. Let's go to the VIA Institute on Character. VIA stands for Values in Action, and the website is viacharacter.org. The VIA Institute on Character explains that we all have a distinct constellation of strengths. So right away, you can see how this ties into positive psychology since, and to use my definition that I shared with you last week, it is a scientific study of human strengths and flourishing. Note that character strengths and human strengths can be used interchangeably in this context. Positive psychology is often dubbed the science of strengths or the backbone of psychology. Strengths are really important to our well-being. You will also find a giving and receiving side to each of the strengths, For example, according to Polwelski and Polwelski, in the case of love, it is one thing to be able to love others. It is another thing to be able to receive the love of others. Some people we know are able to love others, but when we express love to them, they seem to not be able to take it in. And on the other hand, some people can take in all the love, but don't get the love in return. Another example, forgiveness. It's one thing to forgive someone else, It's another thing to allow someone else to forgive you. In terms of kindness, it's one thing to be kind to other people. It's another thing to allow people to be kind to you. The strength of gratitude. It's one thing to be grateful to other people. It's another thing to accept gracefully the gratitude of others. Powelski and Powelski also talk about the dance of gratitude. If you have two people interacting, to have the dance go well, both have to be playing their roles well. It's been said of Ginger Rogers that she did everything that Fred Astaire did, only backwards and in high heels. Character strengths are different than your other personal strengths, such as your unique skills like solving a Rubik's Cube with your feet or talents like playing baseball really well, interests like space travel, and resources like family wealth. Every individual possesses all 24 character strengths in different degrees. Each person has a unique character strengths profile. I actually did this activity with my high school students at the beginning of the school year. They all took the free survey on viacharacter.org, and just like the AuthenticHappiness.org questionnaires that I talked about last week, you create a free account and get your results. Of course, they will offer you specialty reports and other stuff for a price, but the survey itself is free. You can download your results as a PDF and save it to your computer or log in at a later date. You also can retake the survey as many times as you want. It's kind of fun to let a year go by and see if your values have shifted. I took the survey for the first time on June 2, 2015. I have taken it a total of four different times, the most recent being September 6, 2022, when I did the activity with my high school classes. I'll explain the class activity that I did with them a little bit later. The personal character strengths profile is scientifically validated, so it's not like taking a random survey in a house magazine or a teen magazine uh, by a freelance writer without any credentials. Always vet your sources and evaluate your sources, especially when it comes to mental health and wellness, to make sure you're using the most accurate and up-to-date information. While I was preparing this episode, I glanced at a wellness article in a teen magazine that shall remain unnamed, and I was shocked to discover that the wellness article was written by someone whose name was listed as only their first name and first letter of their last name. Their qualifications for writing the article, I kid you not, the description read, sophomore at an independent school in California. Yikes. I didn't see anything indicating that it was fact-checked by a mental health professional, an MD, or anyone like that. So please check the credentials of people writing articles or dispensing mental health information. They can be helpful, but could also lead to unintended consequences. Once you take the scientifically validated VIA self-assessment, and it only takes about 10 minutes, it provides a wealth of information to help you understand your best qualities. The VIA report will provide you with a personalized, in-depth analysis of your results, including actionable tips to apply your strengths to find greater well-being. You'll see all this information on the website. If your report doesn't pop up or if you accidentally close the screen, you can log back in and click on my account at the top in the blue strip. The report will list your strengths from highest to lowest based on the positive qualities that are strongest in you. Research shows learning about your strengths and how to express them can make you happier, less stressed, more productive at school and or work, and better connected to others. You will also notice on your report that your top five strengths are referred to as your signature strengths or core values, or the root beliefs that you operate from. They are the principal perspectives that guide your behavior and how you interact with others. On your report, make sure you click show all your strengths in the bottom to view your full report of all 24 character strengths. So the class activity that I did with my high school juniors and seniors this year, I had them take the VIA survey, they always love learning about themselves, and had them read over their results and respond to a couple of reflection questions. Then on the whiteboards in my classroom, I had previously prepared bubble maps with all 24 character strengths in the center. I then had students, when they were ready, list their name around the bubble maps of their top five signature strengths. Surprisingly, everyone wanted to participate and it was really fun to see who shared the same top 5 signature strengths throughout the day. I even included myself and left the 24 character strengths bubble maps up for about a week until they began to fade. I also made it really colorful and fun by using different colored markers. One of my coworkers asked me what I was doing in my classroom that week, and she said it looked like I had a scandal murder board going. I laughed and was delighted by the thought that my work, in some distant manner, portrayed that of Olivia Pope. This, indeed, was one of those class activities that turned out better than I expected. If you are interested, my company, The Lemon Tree LLC, is also in TPT, formerly known as Teachers Pay Teachers. And if you are interested in the lesson and or associated lessons, Exploring Human Strengths is a free download, as well as a few other lessons connected to Human Strengths, films, and books. My store name is The Lemon Tree by AKS, and if you see the Maya Angelou quote, let nothing dim the light that shines from within, then you're in the right spot. Again, the Exploring Human Strengths assignment is a free download. If you're not a teacher, it could be a fun thing for you to do on your own regardless of your age. It's all applicable to the scientific study of human strengths and flourishing. Something else to think about here, if you are applying to college or for a job, you could incorporate your signature strengths into an application or personal statement, or include your top five signature strengths in a letter of recommendation packet that you give to your teacher or a counselor. And anytime values are discussed, I always think of the novel To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. I'm sure most of us have read that novel in high school or have watched the film with Gregory Peck playing the role of Atticus Finch. I used to do a lesson with my ninth graders that revolved around values and character strengths, or lack thereof, which e- with each of the main characters. That assignment, unfortunately, is not on TPT, but you can easily find similar activities and assignments if you Google to kill a mockingbird plus sign values. Atticus believes that all men had been created equal, and he treats each person as an individual and does not judge them based on color or class. His most prominent character traits are his compassion, thoughtfulness, honesty, and morality. Atticus strongly advocates that people are equal regardless of their background and skin color. He respects everyone in his calm wisdom and tells his daughter Scout, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb inside his skin and walk around in it. Meaning, we should all try looking at situations from another point of view, and a great lesson and empathy. I used to teach the heck out of that quote, but cut to 2021 and Brene Brown's book Atlas of the Heart. Her show of the same name is on HBO and her book Atlas of the Heart can easily be ordered on Amazon. I do not know Dr. Brown personally, but all of her books are fantastic and highly recommended. Anyhow, in both her HBO series and her book, Dr. Brown says we need to dispel the myth that empathy is, quote, walking in someone else's shoes, end quote. Rather than walking in your shoes, I need to learn how to listen to the story you tell about what it's like in your shoes and believe you even when it doesn't match my experiences. Mic drop, and I never taught to kill a mockingbird again. I'm just kidding. I haven't taught ninth grade in a while, but if I did, I would augment the lesson on empathy with Dr. Brown's work. She further explains the minute I try to put myself in your place rather than try to understand the situation from your perspective, our empathetic connection unravels. Either I get stuck into the vortex of my own emotional difficulties or because my experience doesn't match yours, I doubt what you're telling me. This is just brilliant thinking. Watch Atlas of the Heart on HBO, buy and read all the books. And if you are reading To Kill a Mockingbird in school and the lesson comes up on empathy and walking in someone else's shoes comes up, you can cite Brene Brown's research just like I did here, provoke a conversation, and have a mic drop moment for yourself. If you have that opportunity, please email me and let me know how it went. Next, let's take a look at another tool you can use in connection with empathy. This one comes from the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. It's called Active Listening and coincides with what we were just talking about in regards to really listening and understanding another person, especially when they are sharing something deeply painful. It really hurts to not be heard or have that empathetic connection unravel. In the words of Seneca, One of the most beautiful qualities of true friendship is to understand and to be understood. First of all, why should you try active listening? Often we'll listen to a conversation partner without really hearing them. In the process, we miss opportunities to connect with that person and even may risk them feeling neglected, disrespected, and resentful. This exercise helps you express active interest in what another person has to say and makes them feel heard, which is a way to foster empathy and connection. This technique is especially well-suited for difficult conversations, such as arguments with a spouse, and of expressing support. Research suggests that using this technique will help others feel more understood and improve relationship satisfaction. Practicing active listening with someone close to you can also help you listen better when interacting with other people in your life, such as students, co-workers, or roommates. How to practice active listening. First, find a quiet place where you can talk with a conversation partner without interruption or distraction. Invite them to share what's on their mind. As they do so, here are some things you can try. You don't need to cover every step, but the more you do cover, the more effective this practice is likely to be. First off, try paraphrasing. Once the other person has finished expressing a thought, paraphrase what they say to make sure you understand and to show that you are paying attention. Helpful ways to paraphrase include, what I hear you saying is, it sounds like and if I understand you right. Also, try asking questions when it's appropriate to encourage the other person to elaborate on their thoughts and feelings. Avoid jumping to conclusions about what the other person means. Instead, ask questions to clarify their meaning, such as, when you say blank, do you mean blank? You can also practice expressing empathy. If the other person voices negative feelings, strive to validate these feelings rather than questioning or defending against them. For example, if the speaker expresses frustration, try to consider why they feel that way, regardless of whether you think that feeling is justified or whether you would feel that way yourself were you in their position. You might respond, I can sense that you're feeling frustrated, and even, I can understand how that situation could cause frustration. You can also try using engaged body language. Show that you are engaged and interested by making eye contact, nodding, facing the other person, and maintaining an open and relaxed body posture. Avoid attending to distractions in your environment or checking your phone. Be mindful of your facial expressions. Avoid expressions that might communicate disapproval or disgust. Next, avoid judgment. Your goal is to understand the other person's perspective and accept it for what it is, even if you disagree with it. Try not to interpret with counter-arguments or mentally prepare a rebuttal while the other person is speaking. Also avoid giving advice. Problem solving is likely to be more effective after both conversation partners understand one another's perspective and feel heard. Moving too quickly into advice giving can be counterproductive. And finally, take turns. After the other person has had a chance to speak and you have engaged in active listening steps, ask if it's okay to share your perspective. When sharing your perspective, express yourself as clearly as possible using I statements. For example, I feel overwhelmed when you don't help out around the house. It may also be helpful when relevant to express empathy for the other person's perspective. I know you've been very busy lately and don't mean to leave me hanging. So why does this work? Why does active listening work? Active listening helps listeners better understand others' perspectives and helps speakers feel more understood and less threatened. This technique can prevent miscommunication and spare hurt feelings on both sides. By improving communication and preventing arguments from escalating, active listening can make relationships more enduring and satisfying. Again, this tool comes from the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. I will provide a link to the active listening tool on my website under resources at the If you would like additional resources or to learn more about this practice, the research behind the practice or other practices, visit greater good in action at ggia.berkeley.edu. So, there you have it. Some friendly reminders before we go. The Self Love Program waitlist is now open. The Self Love Program is a 12 week online program in which you will learn strategies to permanently change the way you think about yourself and improve your overall well being. Current online offerings include the Individual Self Love Program, Self Love Teen Group Program, and the Self Love Group Program. All programs start February 4th, 2023. Each session is 50 minutes, and you'll need to check your specific program four times. For more information without obligation, you can visit my website at thelimontreecoaching.com. There is a short form to fill out with your information and preferences as far as times go. Once you submit, you'll be added to the no-obligation self-love program waitlist and get early action access and pricing. The form does not enroll you in the program. Enrollment will begin January 23rd, 2023, and continue until the groups are full or until the start date. And the groups do max out at 12 people per group. So I'm so excited to be here. Glad you're here too. If there are any topics you'd like to hear more about on the podcast, Feel free to DM me on Instagram at the Lemon Tree Coaching or email me at drsucomelli at TheLemonTreeCoaching.com. That's D-R-dot-S-U-C-A-M-E-L-E at TheLemonTreeCoaching.com. And don't worry, there'll never be any pressure to purchase coaching sessions or programs. It's there and available if you are interested, but I do not consider myself a salesperson by any means you are interested I do have a few openings for individual coaching and you can join the Lemon Tree Coaching community on Instagram for daily inspiration and friendly reminders and strategies or visit my website at thelemontreecoaching.com and look under resources. If you have any questions please feel free to reach out and this is Dr. Allison Sukameli saying it's been a pleasure sharing the space with you and until next time have fun be safe and happy new year.